This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Rise above and be in control with today's business headlines, driven by Volvo Cars. 8.50 right now, you're listening to The Morning Run with Mel and Hunt. We are ready to bring you the top business stories of the day. Let's uh, turn our attention to Bursa Malaysia because according to the Edge Financial Daily, Bursa Malaysia is getting far more attractive as a hunting ground for privatisation or takeover targets. This is, of course, due to the current fall in share prices, which wiped out tens of billions of ringgit in terms of market cap on Bursa. Yeah, so look at ABM KLCI year-to-date is declined by 5.6%. So the market cap right now just over 1 trillion ringgit or so, 1.06 uh, trillion ringgit there. So, you know, there's this story in the Edge Financial Daily, you know, about how several listed companies can be uh, considered or could be considered as potential privatization targets because of these uh, lower PE ratios, that's price-to-earning ratios, and also uh, price-to-book ratios as well. Uh, for example, stock in the banking and property sector in particular stood out as highlighted in the Edge Financial Daily. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that they highlighted CIMB and AmBank which have seen share prices decline recently but also what's quite interesting is property stocks. Uh, the relatively soft uh, market uh, uh, recently has resulted in lower val- valuations and we've seen some property players already. The target of privatisation offers in the slung of properties comes mm-hmm. to mind, also Diamond Development. Uh, Petaling Tin also was a successful uh, take completed takeover, so um, that was it's quite interesting. IGB Corp was another one. Parent company Goldis took that private as well. So several property players are already in, I guess, um, uh, in the spotlight for either privatization or a takeover offer. But what I thought was really also particularly interesting is the Edge reckons that another top privatization target is Lotte Chemical. Which yeah. just recently went for listing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's weird. And look, year to date, Lotte Chemical here in Malaysia has gained about three point two percent. So you know, in stark contrast to you know what some of these other blue chips have. Uh, well, not, not to say Lotte is a blue chip, no offense, but you know, like so the, the the losses that have been seen in other uh, share prices, right? So yeah, Lotte Chemical. That's a bit of an interesting yeah, but one. I think the reasons that uh, the edge gave was because look, in the last year or so that it's been relisted on the main market. It has been plagued by poor uh, investor sentiment. And yeah. if you look at the uh, price-to-earnings ratio, it's actually one of the lowest uh, um, PE ratios among Bursa's ah. top companies at the moment. Right. Uh, cap. Okay, yeah. So so maybe it's from a P, uh, from an earnings perspective. Yeah, earnings perspective. yeah because uh, over the last 12 months, Lotte Chemical Titan Holding has declined some 2.8%. Mm. Uh, 12 months, 2.8% down. Year-to-date, up 3.2%. There you go. Mm. Also, um, Astro, uh, in mm. you know, part of that rumours that circulating on privatisation, Astro share price hit an all-time low, a fresh all-time low of one ringgit thirteen cents about two weeks ago, and. Uh, of course, if you remember, you know, Astro has taken private not too long ago. So there's yeah. a lot of rumours circulating Astro at the moment. Well, you know, that one has been going on for a while, though. This rumour that Astro and Maxis, you know, all under the Tan Sri Nandakrishnan uh, stable uh, could be merged. I mean, he has that habit anyways, right? List, private, list, private, you know, go back and forth. So. All habits die hard. <laughs> let's take a look at, since we were talking about listings, Han, let's take a look at the 18 companies that have been listed on Bursa Malaysia so far compared to the 14 that were la- uh, listed last year. The bulk of the eight uh, of the listings this year has really been on the 
uh, leap market. Mm. Uh, the ACE market saw about eight listings um, and main, the main market only one. Right. So uh, the leap market, again, is that leading entrepreneur accelerator platform. Uh, it is, a, a, I guess, a complementary market for the SMEs. Mm. Uh, it's open to sophisticated investors. Think deep pockets who, want, who are able to take on that kind of risk. Uh, so I think a, a total of 11 companies have debuted on the leap market and nine of them were this yeah, year. This yeah, this year, yeah. yeah. So, look, um, this is quite interesting because the because uh, Leap was launched last year. So, mm. it's been a year now. So, you know, taking a look at the year that was for the Leap market, so far, um, the I think this has been quite an interesting uh, platform. Look, when it first came out, I have to say I was... I was apprehensive to see how how well it would do. Um, you know, we were the first in Southeast Asia to have this kind of stock exchange platform for SMEs. But you think about it, it makes sense, right? Because the bulk of businesses in Malaysia are SMEs. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, it was really the question of who will these investors be? And yes, uh, granted, the, the liquidity, the trading um, liquidity on Leap is quite low, but that is to be expected because, as you said, it's for sophisticated investors. Right, you know, but uh, looking at the broader trend, though, looking at the total number of listed companies, uh, according to data on BursaMalaysia.com, so it's those big boys that's waning now. So last year, there were 788 listed companies on the main market this year 782 so we're six uh, fewer right mm. but if you look at the numbers on the ace market and of course like you mentioned mel the lead market those numbers have grown last year on the ace market 115 this year on the ace market 120 so more of the smaller guys are coming online that's than, right. right as opposed to the big boys yeah this is really interesting so i, I guess you know it's um I, 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 whether this will be the year of the smaller players, right? So size doesn't necessarily matter. And let's go smaller. Go P2P, man, or peer-to-peer. <laughs> That's really small, taking <laughs> yeah. it to the individual level. Uh, we're also looking at the fact that um, the FBM KLCI is expected to review its uh, KLCI constituents. So uh, next month, it could be that top glove could replace Telcom Malaysia on the list of 30 component stocks of the FBM KLCI. Top Glove already climbing to 28th place in terms of market cap. Uh, the share price for Top Glove up 46% year to date. Uh, that's right. And where else you look at? Uh, telecom there. My, oh, my, my. We've been talking a lot about the drop in the share price, yeah, isn't it? Down 63% so far this year. 2018 is a year they definitely want to forget. Um, mm, you know, 15 so, billion ringgit wiped out of market cap. Yeah, you know, big time. So, you know, again, there could be a rejigging to Malaysia's benchmark uh, uh, equity index there, the FBM KLCI. All right, let's turn our attentions very quickly to Media Prima. They will be having an EGM today and many are hoping that it will shed some light on several issues that uh, Media Prima is now tackling uh, or has to grapple with. A couple of them include the proposed sale of NST's Balai Berita in Bangsa and there's also that land where Media Prima has the printing plant that's in Shah Alam. So both of these asset sales are set to to be sold to PNB for 280 million ringgit. There's also a lot of questions around uh, the future of Media Prima. Also, uh, who could potentially be the new owner of this uh, new media outlet? Yeah, that's right. Because you know, not too long ago, Mel, you and I were talking about or well, highlighting the fact that Utusan has just gone a full 180 <laughs> on the BN administration. Now, uh, we know there have been some leadership changes uh, on the editorial side for Media Prima there. Uh, you got Mustafa Kamil, right, who's been 
appointed the executive director of Media Prima. So, uh, you know, but when it comes to the ownership structure, could that significantly change uh, after this EGM? Because as it stands, UMNO holds about 19, 20% or so of a stake in Media Prima. Then you got the EPF as well, who owns a stake, Co-op, uh, you know, well, PMB by... Amanasaham, ex- yeah, through Amanasaham. Through Amanasaham, that's right. You know, so could that shareholding structure be uh, tweaked? But you know, Han, there's, uh, if you look at some of the shareholding structure, Morgan Stanley seems to be uh, steadily accumulating shares over the past few months. And there's been a lot of question as to who is behind uh, the this uh, you know gathering of uh, stake in Media Prima or the increasing of the stake in Media Prima. So I would be uh, curious to know whether this will be mentioned at all or brought up in the EGM. So this, um, this person behind Morgan Stanley now has a 12% stake. So that could be quite interesting. I also think that, um, you know, it could be particularly interesting to take a look at the asset sales. So a lot of questions have been raised about this deal. One of which is why the assets are sold at a discount, an aggregate discount of about 8% from the market value. Mm. So you break it down, the Bangsa property, the Balai Berita property is being sold at about a 9% discount. The Shah Alam property at a 2% discount and that land in Shah Alam at a 23% discount. I must say back when I was a media prima employee, I liked uh, getting assignments at the Balai Berita place in Bangsa because next door you got the APW, you got good coffee, you got breakfast, thieves. Yeah, very convenient. But still, parking, right? Yeah. <laughs> Puggy was atrocious. Yeah, that was, okay, look, going, going back to your point here about why this discount, look, uh, I mean, I can think of a couple of things. Well, firstly, they need the cash, okay? And I'll break down some numbers for you in just a bit. And secondly, I guess it's a bulk discount that, you know, when you go to the hypermarket and you buy in bulk, you buy can, quantity, yeah. you get a discount. Get a so discount. They're, they're selling all three assets. That are, um, Media Prima is disposing all three assets as a package deal to PNB. To PNB, that's right. So... I, yeah. I get that, but but why not go for the individual sale when you can get a better price on it? Don't yeah. you? Need, I mean, clearly they need the money, right? Right. Yeah. So looking at the say cash from operations, I'm looking at Bloomberg data, right? So back in 2010, Media Prima had over 360 million ringgit in cash. Last year, down to below 40. So that's Oof. a big, big drop, about yes. one-ninth of the kind of cash from operations they had back in 2010, right? So obviously, they're strapped for cash, and asset sales is one way to you know uh, raise cash in a relatively quick way, granted at that discount. Okay, I get so I get that package deal. You have a bit of a uh, quantity discount <laughs> there for PNB. Anyway. Buy two free one, and it, no, and not really. <laughs> <laughs> and it's two PNB, right? So yeah. perhaps a friendly party, who knows? But the idea is that uh, what I also thought was particularly interesting is that um, the deal also contains a tenancy agreement in mm. which uh, Media Prima will be paying market price for the monthly rental rate for this uh, bangsa for the Balai Berita. So if PMB is getting a discount on the purchase of the asset sale, shouldn't Media Prima also get a discount on the uh, rental? Well, no? I mean, uh, again, it depends, right? Because if you can front load all this cash from that asset sale and then, you know, um, I mean, because I think the tenancy agreement is for six years, so you know who knows what will happen six years from now. You know, I mean, heck, we've got another elections slated between now and then, right? So <laughs> you know, who knows what will happen back then? Could the outlook for Media Prima be changed, or like we said, you know, within the next twenty-four hours, if that shareholding structure is tweaked and uh, these uh, the, the new majority shareholder might have more of a say and a new direction, might want to trim some of the operations. Who knows, right? So uh, I mean, I think it makes sense. You get that whole bunch of cash in the immediate 
term, right. and then over the next six years, just pay that bit more for uh, rental. Right. So, so the idea, the, a lot of the conversation is also uh, what will, what's in the future for Media Prima, right? Yeah. Uh, who could potentially own it in the future? Uh, let's take a quick look at Media Prima as um, in the sum of its whole. So, taking a look at some of its parts now, uh, what's making money in Media Prima right now? They're looking at, um, I think, television, print, and radio not making money for Media Prima, just in a nutshell. Whereas the digital and the commercial side is um, what is making some money for this company. Well, that's fascinating because you know radio has long been seen as a pillar for Media Prima. There, sure, TV, which I was involved in, you know, they were just not making money broadly speaking. You know, print, no, I mean, no surprise there. But yeah, surprising uh, to see radio also in the uh, loss making unit there. Um, so that's the because of the uh, advertising index, yeah. I think, has has fallen. So they're really seeing that hit their radio. Uh, segments as well. Yeah, I mean, look in the third quarter, core net loss was into more than 100% Q and Q, uh, and that was mainly driven by the TV and print segments there. I mean, these are structural issues that TV and print and potentially yeah, so, radio so as well. Market so market trends working. really yeah. hitting them, but what I thought was particularly interesting as well was the uh, revenue from digital and commercial has had gone up. So mm. what they're seeing from uh, digital what is about 64 million ringgit uh, has gone up to 216 million ringgit. So, sorry, that's uh, that's commercial. So that's quite interesting, I would say. You know, they are seeing a little bit of an increase, a boost in that segment. Uh, and they're going through, I think, a, a transformation plan. Right? That's right. The Odyssey plan is what they call it. Yeah. Uh, the question is whether they are going to be successful in increasing their digital revenue contribution. And also home shopping. How about that? Buying stuff from your TV there. They've got that CJ Wow shop. I believe they're from Korea. You know, they are closer to breaking even. So moving forward, you know, these guys, CJ Wow shop and home shopping, could be one of the uh, drivers for growth for Media Prima, uh, Media Prima moving forward. Right. So apparently radio is making money uh, oh. for Media Prima. Right, yeah. I was going to say, yeah, because otherwise that was a bit um, odd based on what I've been hearing from the uh, my former colleagues. Mm. But, so yeah. apparently it is making money for them, but you're right about home shopping. Uh, that CJ Wow Shop is, I think, something that they are banking their growth on. But the question is uh, whether, you know, there's that speculation about who could own Media Prima. You mm. know, we talked about Amno owning 19%. Yeah. There's also been a lot of speculation, Han, in the market whether Bersatu might want to be keen really? on taking control of Media Prima. Do they have that kind of money though? I mean, I don't know because they're a relatively new party. I'm not quite sure. But uh, yeah, well, granted, question is, you know, how new is Bersatu really? Because a lot of it is also the I'm no old guy. But, yeah. <laughs> That's right. They well, could have brought their money along. Uh, that, is, that is still speculation at this point in time. So I think we're just going to be uh, looking at whether, you know, what kind of information will stream out of the EGM coming up uh, later today. All right, we have news headlines coming up next with Sabrina Magdalene. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. Keeping you on track for peak business performance with the new Volvo XC40, the expression of innovation. Volvo, made by Sweden. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, the business station.